And so I want to take for our reflection this morning that verse in Mark's Gospel in chapter 16, where in verse 6, the young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, says to them, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Over the years, many sayings or expressions have crept into the English language, and we are not quite sure of their origin. We just perhaps say them. An obvious example would be when we talk about our thorn in the flesh, which are actually words of St Paul from the Bible. A less obvious one is when we say perhaps, he's the apple of his mum's eye, which is actually based on words of Deuteronomy. Well, the other day I found myself using a phrase that neither myself or the person hearing it knew what it was from, and so I had to Google it. The phrase that I said was, All shall be well, and all shall be well. And I was referring to the fact that we will get through this current coronavirus pandemic, and all will be well. So my Google homework discovered that the actual quote is, In the end all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things will be well. To which apparently Oscar Wilde is reported to have added, And if it isn't well, then it's still not the end. So who said it? And I can imagine for many of you now, you're racking your brains as to where it has come from. In the end, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things will be well. Well, it was said in the 14th century by Julian of Norwich, a 14th century mystic who is credited as being the writer of the earliest surviving book in the English language to be written by a woman. She wrote The Revelations of Divine Love. This book recorded 16 visions she had where she experienced visions of her Saviour's divine love based upon his passion. So I want to base our thoughts this morning on that concept. In the end, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things will be well. It's virtually interchangeable with these words of this young man at the tomb. Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. And I want to suggest this morning it speaks to us into two contexts not necessarily exclusive. The first context it speaks to us is that this is Easter Day, the day of resurrection. Our text and other gospel writers record for us angels or Jesus himself speaking to people post-resurrection to assure them that all is well. Don't be afraid is one phrase which is used. The words of Julian of Norwich express what we celebrate in the resurrection of Jesus. Belief in the resurrection. Belief that God raised Jesus from the dead. 
constitutes the very ground of our Christian faith. Everything else we believe in as Christians is grounded in that truth. As we believe God did raise Jesus, then not only can the rest of Jesus' message be trusted, but we can also then live with the ultimate consolation that the end of our story has already been written and it is a happy, ecstatic ending. We will, in the end, live happily ever after. That has already been written because of the resurrection. For you see, what we believe in as Christians is not based on wishful thinking or natural optimism. It's based on the word and promises of Jesus and the trustworthiness of that word. And those promises is guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus. When we believe this, we can live with un without undue anxiety about anything, confident that the end of our story is already written and that it's a happy ending. Thus we can say, all shall be well, and all shall be well. We see this in a wonderful example, this kind of belief, in an example uh, that I read about through Archbishop Desmond Tutu, one of the key figures in opposing and eventually ending apartheid in South Africa. Amid the struggle to bring down apartheid, facing every kind of threat, he remained steadfast and even joyful in the face of threats and overwhelming odds. What anchored him in his steadfastness and joy? It was belief in the resurrection. Occasionally on a Sunday morning when he was preaching, soldiers would come into the church and line up along the aisles with their weapons in hand, hoping to intimidate him. Tutu, for his part, would smile at them and say, I'm glad you've come to join the winning side, for we've already one. In saying this, he wasn't talking about the battle over apartheid, which at that point was still far from one. He was talking about the resurrection of Jesus, the definitive triumph of goodness over evil, which assures that in the end, goodness will eventually triumph over evil, love will triumph over division, justice will triumph over injustice, and life over death. Knowing these things, we can live in confidence and hope. It will end well. Not because we wish it, or because things are looking that way for us, and we've created that. It will end well because Jesus promised it would. And in the resurrection, God backs up that promise. Hence, there's nothing to fear, nothing, not defeat, nor threat, not loss, not sickness, not even death. The resurrection of Jesus assures us that in the end all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. He has risen, he is not here. All shall be So that's the first context in which this text speaks to us this morning. 
And our second context is our current context with us living with the corona pandemic around the world. But we need to remember that the very first Easter was not in a crowded worship space with singing and praising. On the very first Easter, the disciples were locked down in their house. It was dangerous for them to come out. They were afraid. They wanted to believe the good news they heard from the women that Jesus had risen, but it seemed too good to be true. They were living in a time of such despair and such fear. If they left their homes, their lives and the lives of their loved ones might be at risk. Could a miracle really have happened? Could life really have won out over death? Could this time of terror and fear really be coming to an end? Alone in their homes, they dared to believe that hope was possible. That the long night was over and morning had broken. That God's love was the most powerful of all, even though it didn't seem quite real yet. Eventually, they were able to leave their homes. When the fear and danger had subsided, they went around celebrating and spreading the good news that Jesus was risen and love was the most powerful force on the earth. This year, we might get to experience a taste of what that first Easter was like, still in our homes, daring to believe that hope is on the horizon. Then, after a while, when it is safe for all people, when it is the most loving choice, we will come out and gather together, singing and shouting the good news that God brings life even out of death, that love always has the final say. So you see, this year, we might get the closest taste we have had yet to what the first Easter was like, especially for the disciples. And so the resurrection speaks into our context of living through this coronavirus pandemic and also our context of the resurrection. In the end, all shall be well and all shall be well, and all manner of things will be well. And that's not just wishful thinking or blind optimism, but based on the promise of Jesus. We go back to that text which this young man said to the women, don't be alarmed, you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified, he has risen, he is not here. To which in verse 7 we're told, there you will see him just as he told you. He promised it. Now it's been fulfilled. You will see him. Resurrection brings to us eternal hope in so many contexts. And remember that those words of Julian of Norwich were from a supernatural experience of God through those divine revelations of love based on the passion of Jesus. 
and they can be our experience today. Whether we call ourselves Christians or perhaps we're just searching at this moment, perhaps we're searching for hope, perhaps we're searching for meaning for life. The resurrection says to us, all shall be well. Don't be alarmed. This Jesus who was crucified, maybe in your own thoughts, wasn't an option, was dead. But now he becomes an option. He has risen. He is not here. He's out in the world, ready for anyone to form a relationship with him as the risen Lord. And that could be you this morning. Your Easter could be transformed by coming to our Lord Jesus, who, yes, died on the cross, but the tomb cloths here remind us that that was not the end, that Jesus is risen. And when we come and follow him, all indeed will be well, all shall be well, and all manner of things will be well. Don't be alarmed. This Jesus who was crucified is risen. To which our response to this glorious truth, this glorious promise, as we began our service this morning, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Death could not hold him. The Lord is risen. The way to heaven is open. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that your promises are true. We thank you that you said you would rise from the dead, and you did. And you gave us so many other promises about how you would be with us forever. You gave us promises that when we ask, we will receive when we ask in your name. And so this day is a day of joy and hope and celebration. And we pray that as we respond to you, whether that be for the first time or once again on this Easter day, we may respond to you in full confidence and hope because Jesus is risen. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to say that if it is this morning that perhaps this message has touched your life, and if you want to uh, engage in a conversation with me about that by email, please do, msnminister at btinternet.com. For others of you, you might have some words of testimony over this coming week. Please do email me them so that we can share them in next Sunday's service at 10.30.